For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 111. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? The season is here. The regular season is here, Matt. It's here today. Today's the day. The Islanders aren't playing, but you know some other crappy teams are. But still, the season opens today. Yes. Ooh, yes. Oh, it is so good to be back, Mitch, after a long, long summer and a long time without hockey. It is finally back, and the Islanders are playing in just two days. Two, di- two days from now, you'll be doing a solo postgame show around this time. <laughs> Great. Yay. More solo games. That's fine. So you're just obviously amped up, right? That's, that's yeah. the answer for the how you're doing. We're both, I think that's what we're going to stick for, both amped up that hockey is back. Just amped, juiced, ready to go. I was even amped to watch the Toronto Maple Leafs play the Ottawa Senators. And the Leafs did not. They, they look fine. It's just the, the, their defense does not look good. So that's always funny. No, and I, Mitch, I got a little bit too excited. Oh, no. I what did. did night one, three-team parlay. I am, I, am all, I am all in on this. I am back and ready. And it, it has me riled up. I'm ready How to go. How much so, did you put down on this? Oh, not a lot. I was just, uh, it's uh, five bucks to win 40. Ah, that's too much for me. That's, that's too rich for me, Mr. Moneybags. Hey, man, I'm just, I'm out here laying $5 bets. I'm rolling big, I guess. <laughs> 75 cents at a time, baby. All right, whatever, whatever works. It's all good. Good all old right. on the fence, Mitch. So what edition do we got for 111? So for 111, so thank you, Piper, for the suggestion. Uh, we're going to the 2011 NHL draft and to pick a Islanders player who came out of that draft, we are taking Johan Sundstrom. I'm not going to say much more about him because I don't want to reveal anything for the questions later on, but we are dedicating this podcast to a Islanders draftee who went by the name or is currently going by the name of Johan Sundstrom, unless he changes that for whatever reason. All right. We will definitely get back to that in the quiz segment. I'm excited for it, but the focus of this show is going to be previewing the 2019 2020 New York Islanders season, and we should probably start off with talking about the roster. Who made the team? Who's here? Who got cut? Who got waived? All that fun stuff. Take it away, Mitch. Okay. All right, Matt. Let me go for it. Um, so do we want to start goalies uh, and go up? Yeah. Just because it's easier to remember all those names. Exactly. Uh, all right. Goalies, we already know that Simeon Varlamov and Thomas Grice are making it. Nothing special there. We knew that the second they signed Varlamov, there wasn't going to be any debate. That's fine. Let's move on. We now get to the defensemen. This is where it gets fun. Uh, they named seven players to the roster. Uh, Nick Letty. They named Johnny Boychuk, Devin Taves, Scott Mayfield, Ryan Pulak, Adam Pellick, and my boy Noah Dobson. You got Dude, it right. Dude, baby. <laughs> What's it like to have a guarantee come through? 
uh, I don't know, like the weather coming in, the tide coming in, I should say. It's just, you know, it's natural. It's what happens. <laughs> Comes in and goes. Just, just, just the ebb and flow of nature, my friend. No, you were very confident in that one. I thought he had a very good chance to make the team, but you, like, while ago were saying he is 100% making the team, and you stood firm on it, and you were correct. So, I mean, kudos to you. You got that one right. And I think he's going to play a pretty significant role. So I, I completely agree with you that he's going to play a significant role. Uh, bold predictions will come up later, and I make a bold prediction for um, Noah Dobson. Um, but, yeah, I stuck with it just because it doesn't make any sense to send him back down. What is he going to learn going back to junior? What are you going to get out of him playing another year that he's dominated? He's already dominated. With Matthew Barzal, he came up, he looked like poop. All right, you sent him down. He didn't really look like poop. He played the, the, the puck in the box. Well, he lo- this guy looks mature, focused, ready to go. I don't imagine he's going to make that mistake that Matthew Barzal did. So it's a safe bet for the Islanders to go. Unfortunately, that means Thomas Hickey had to get waived. Yeah, and I really feel bad because Thomas Hickey is someone who's been with this team for a very long time now. They picked him up off of waivers, ironically, right? That's right, yes. From the Kings. And he's been a big part of this team for a long time, since the 2012-13 season, if I'm not mistaken. And he's been solid. I mean, he's not phenomenal. He's not bad. He's just a steady third-pairing defender. He's exactly what Michael Dalcole will be for forwards. They were drafted one spot, one after the other, right? Uh, Hickey was a fourth overall pick, and Dalcole was a fifth overall pick. Uh, but e- either way, whoever was going to get waived, it was either Hickey or Boychuk. Either way, it would have been kind of sad, right? Because the, the argument could go either side. Yeah, and with Boychuk making a lot more money and him probably being a little bit more impactful to the Islanders, and I don't mean that as like anything negative towards Thomas Hickey. It's just, I don't know, the Letty and Boychuk pairing was a big part of what this team was doing on defense for a long time. So in order to waive him, I think that would have, really that I don't know that's just not something that Lou Lamarillo would do uh, no it, it does it doesn't if, if you have a six million dollar player on your roster usually that means he's worth something uh, and Boychuk definitely is worth something so don't let my words say that he's not worth anything at all um but if they're really looking to make some cap space that's what you do you bury that contract and you bury it good yeah I mean, that's what the uh, Buffalo Sabres did with Matt Molson a couple of years ago, and that worked out for them. That is correct. Well, all right. Fair enough. Uh, it did not because it didn't really do anything, but it worked out for them in terms of creating cap space. That's what I that's yeah, sure. in the cap okay. space aspect, not in wins. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and that, that, would, that would definitely work for the Islanders, but I don't think that they're necessarily interested in the cap space moves because... Well, they don't free up a whole lot with Thomas Hickey going there. I think they free up $1.25 million, I believe. That sounds Something about like right. That. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. No big deal. Uh, but that's that's the defense for the Islanders going forward. Like, this is the same defense, essentially, that was the best in the league last year. So, I, I could imagine them being maybe not the best, but I, within the top five of, of best defense. So, the what is it? The five lowest... Goals, goals against, allowed. yeah, yeah, I think right, one hundred percent. I definitely think so. I it would be tough for me to imagine that they uh, lead the league in, or yeah, lead the league in least amount of goals allowed for the second year in a row. I would think I'd find that kind of surprising, but I definitely expect them to be in the top five. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's we'll see what what Noah Dobson does with the role that he's given but i imagine he's going to take it and run with it i can't i can't wait to watch him play i can't wait it's going to be great cuz he's not a guy who's going to give the puck away a lot he's not going to dazzle you so you really got to watch him and, and and see what he's doing because it's those small little plays that are really going to make the difference and i can't wait to see that happen do you think he plays opening night yes i do okay i agree with you um, i just why, why, why have him on the roster if you're not going to play him? I understand like they have Boychuk and they're going to have to play him sometimes, um, but it's opening night. Why don't you play him? You're going to want to figure out those 10 games as soon as possible. Don't do the whole Joshua Sang thing and drag him out till December before you send him to the AHL. I know it's not necessarily the same situation, but like if you're going to play him for the nine games and then you don't want his, his contract to uh, hold for one more year, you want it to slide, 
Well, then just just send him after nine games and get those nine games over with ASAP. Don't make him wait. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. If you're just scratching him for like the first, I don't know, if he doesn't play his first game until like game number nine, like what are, you, what are we doing here? Exactly. So it would surprise me if they did that. Would it surprise me if they start Boychuk? No, it wouldn't. Um, but come on, let's just... Let's just play the kid, see what he's got. And then if you have to play boy check, great. You have another, what, nine, uh, 71 games to play. Figure it out there within that time. You got lots of plays or lots of games to go. Exactly. So I definitely uh, think that we see him on opening night. How about the forward group? All right. So forwards, they've got 14 forwards that they named. Uh, Here they are in alphabetical order because I'm reading it off the Islanders website. Josh Bailey, I'm reading it because I remembered all the defensemen. I didn't want to screw this up and say like a, a player that isn't or like blank on a player's name. Be like, who is that guy? You know, he doesn't score a lot of goals and everyone didn't really like him for a bit, but now they really like him and he's really elite. Oh, yeah, Josh Bailey. Didn't want to forget him. Fair enough. So, uh, first, Josh Bailey, Matthew Barzal, Anthony Beauvillier, Derek Brassard, Casey Sisikas, Cal Clutterbuck, Michael Del Cole. Jordan Eberle, Rost Johnson, Rost. My God, I added a T <laughs> like an idiot, and I'm reading it. Ross Johnston, Leo Komarov, Tom Kunakel, Honors Lee, Anders Lee, whichever one you want to go with. Yes, I'm doing that again. Matt Martin and Brock Nelson. All right. So a couple of names left off that list. One <laughs> being Josh Hosang, which I think we'll start there because that's the more... High-profile guy who got yes. waived. So he doesn't make the team for the second year in a row out of camp. Uh, didn't he make the team last year out of camp? No, no, you're right. He did. Yeah, not. he got Sorry. called up later. Yes, he, he made the team out of camp three years, two years back in yes. 2016, 17, or it, 17, 17, 18. 18 yeah. Sorry. So he did not make the team. He is back in the AHL. They waived him. He passed through waivers. Is this the end of Josh Osang, Mitch? Well, no, he's still very young. Like He's got a long life ahead of him, Matt. Not his mortality, <laughs> his Islander career. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm just having, I, I have a few shots of whiskey here, and I guess it's getting my funny bone out. Um, Yeah, I, I, you'd have to think so, man. Like, uh, I don't want to reveal a, a bowler prediction yet, but uh, I, I talk about Joshua saying in his his tenure with the Islanders. Okay, and it 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 has to be strenuous at best at this point. The guy's got to be frustrated. Equally, the Islanders have to be stru- frustrated with him. Going, we wanted you to be a top six player. We wanted you to push the envelope. We wanted you to make us make a tough decision, but you didn't make us hard. You didn't seem to make it hard on us, rightfully or wrongfully. I, I don't know if, if the Islanders are right in making decisions or not. Uh, to me, he's a good player. To me, he's a player that belongs in the, in the NHL. The Islanders don't seem to share that opinion. And after, after a certain point, I kind of have to go like, all right, like you've seen him more than I have, but gosh darn, like it really seems like we're missing out on a guy. Gosh darn, am I in the 50s? Gosh darn it. <laughs> Dang nabbit. Gee willikers of those youth. So with me, the thing that, is a little bit baffling is when you have a team that has a hole in the top six, theoretically, right? Yes. And you don't want this guy on your roster who creates Well, let's more. not say they don't want, that they, they don't have room. It's not like it's going, screw you, Joshua, saying I don't okay. want you. How about they would prefer having Ross Johnston on their roster than Josh saying that... Yeah kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. Uh, well, not really. Like I, they have to scratch two players. They they have to scratch two forwards no matter what. So if you put a Hosang, take Johnston out, put Hosang in, who are the two guys you're scratching? And I know you're going to say, "Well, Komarov and Kunhakel easily." They ain't scratching one of those guys and we know we we both know who it is. Then I would scratch Dal Cole. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Boom. <laughs> Shut me up. Boom roast. Um, listen, for the, the the main point I wanted to make was that I think yep. he has talent and can make people around him better. I just don't know how many times you keep going through the same process with him. That's the conundrum that we're all at right now going, 
the whole saying, not I don't want to say haters because they don't obviously hate him. Uh, the, the whole saying, <clears throat> naysayers, I'll say, are the ones that are saying, like, look, he doesn't work. He, that doesn't <clears throat> work for him. And then the, some of us are saying, no, they're just, they just haven't given a chance. They've got the high ground now saying, like, look, 29 teams plus the Islanders have now said, or 30 teams, why do I keep saying 29 teams? 30 other teams have said, we're good. Thanks. And we have to go like, all right, well, damn, maybe we're missing something here. I guess so. I guess so. But he will start in the AHL. We'll see what he does there. Um, so Michael Del Cole obviously makes the roster, and it was between those two kind of fighting for that third-line role that we were expecting. I said this on the Patreon shows, which if you're interested in following along with that, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Michael Dal Cole, Derek Brassard, Leo Komarov, which is most likely going to be the third line, is probably the most boring line the Islanders could put out. There is nothing exciting about that line. Derek Brassard has a little bit of upside, but he is definitely past his prime. Michael Dal Cole to me, is someone who is not going to do anything wrong in the sense that he's going to go out on the ice, he's going to score probably 12 goals, 25 points, not turn the puck over, but he's not going to be that much of a factor. He's just going to be a guy out there. He's not going to have much of a factor on the ice day in and day out. That's that's the Michael Dalcole way. Sorry, Gus. Right, like... I just see him as someone who you look at the box score at the end of the day and you're like, oh, he was playing today in like 50% of the games, if not yeah. more. That's exactly what happens with Michael Del Cole. I hope he turns it around this year, but so far in the preseason, he did not show that, which, which is fine. There, there's, a, there's a time and place for that type of guy. And that's, you know, max 12 minutes a night. Uh, he, he goes out there and he does what you need him to do. And then he comes back so that your more skilled guys can get on the ice and do their thing. That's perfectly fine. There's a role for that in the NHL, and he will serve it well. Um, but when it comes to him specifically, uh, do you think that because of the way that Barzal, Everly, and Lee played in the preseason, the Islanders felt comfortable in saying, like, we can take a guy who we can have a more defensive third line rather than a more offensive third line? I think they definitely did that. I don't yeah. know if I agree with it, but I definitely think that's what they did. Oh, I, I definitely don't agree with it, but I believe that, yeah, I am really looking for the same answer here. Because I, I'm right there with you with, with Broussard. I thought you put a Hosang with him and maybe even a bow, and you're going, that looks like a better third line in terms of production. Mm -hmm. But now I'm a little worried for, for Broussard in terms of at least five-on-five. Five. I, don't, I don't think he's going to be much of a factor five-on-five five because the guys he's leaning on is Michael Del Cole is not really going to hit him up with a pass. No, no. And Leo Komarov, you know, he might every now and again. Like, they're going to score, but they're not going to be as offensively uh, impactful as they could have been. No, his ceiling definitely comes down. Like, if it was with Bo and Hosang, then you could look and say, okay, maybe Broussard gives you 35 points this year. Whereas yeah. now it's like you're kind of lucky 20. if you hit 30. Like, you're very lucky if you hit 30. I think you're looking at mid-20s. Yeah, 100%. So we already know that he's going to be okay on the power play and he should, he should help the Islanders power play, but it's the five on five that I worry. And the five on five is where you spend most of the time on the ice, usually. So that, that bothers me a bit because I, I think that that's where he's going to take a dip. And that's where the Islanders were looking for more, you know, to, to maybe gain a little bit more. Although Barry Trot says that their five on five game is fine. Don't. You still, you still average, Barry. Yeah, they're they're average. You'd like them to be a little bit better. Obviously, the the power play was just atrocious, but they could look to be a little bit better on on the uh, five on five too. Yep. Uh, so Ross Johnson making the team does that a okay with you or not okay? I don't love it. I think him and Matt Martin play exactly the same role, so I would rather use that roster spot for something else, like Josh Hosang, and put. And play him and scratch Dal Cole. I, like, if I was trying to optimize the Islanders' weakness, right? So, if you look at that team last year, their biggest weakness was scoring. I think that's a fair assessment, right? Uh, was converting, yes, absolutely. Was, was converting chances into goals. Okay, I feel like you're just trying to set me up to fail here. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I was. Okay. Um, 
Because I think but, but Josh was saying... Really what the, the thing, they were generating a ton of high-danger chances. They were dunning, generating a ton of scoring chances. But they weren't able to convert those goals. Look at Anders Lee. Had 204 shots on goal last year compared to 208. And dropped by how many goals? 12. Now, four shots less and more high-danger chances. And he's got less goals? That's a conversion problem. Okay, well, now I don't know what I'm going to say anymore because I was just going to say that jo- adding Josh Hosang to the roster I think would have created more chan- offensive chances for this team that struggled to score goals. Well, so you wouldn't be wrong in saying that because he would generate more chances, definitely. Like, let's say they generate 10 high-danger chances all year. That's obviously not the case, but I'm just trying to make it a simpler, more digestible number. And you add Hosang to that same team, that, that number goes up to 10, from 10 to like 12 or 15 that's more chances for sure. Now, can they convert those chances? That was their problem last year is converting those chances because the guys who were supposed to score goals like an Eberle, like a Lee, just weren't putting him in at the same rate that they used to. That's the only, that, that was their problem. Yeah, I mean, hopefully you get bounced back years from guys like Lee and Eberle. I think more on that later for us in our uh, predictions yes. and bold, yeah, bold prediction segment. But uh, so ultimately... I guess I do have a problem with Ross Johnson making the roster because uh, to get back on track here, I think he and Matt Martin are essentially the same kind of player, and I don't think you need two guys like that. If Matt Martin were to get hurt, then yeah, I guess call him up from the AHL and then plug him in, but I would rather have not given him that roster spot. I think he's the perfect guy to have on your scratch pad. Absolutely perfect because he comes in in an injury on a pinch. He can he can play the game that you want him to play. It, like should the game get tough, right? So let, let's say they play against the Washington Capitals and they think they're going to have themselves a slugfest. All right, get him out there instead of Matt Martin because yes, Matt Martin is more is a tough guy and he plays a hard game. Um, Ross Johnson is going to drop the gloves more frequently than Matt Martin will. So if you need a guy to do that, Ross is your guy. Ross also is pretty good in terms of generating opportunities. He was better in terms of high danger chances, uh, in terms of Corsi rating, in terms of expected goals for per 60 than Matt Martin was last year. So like his impact, it can be greater than Matt Martin. If you gave him the role, it's just that like near symbiotic relationship between the three on that third, on that fourth line is really what does it for the, the what's what keeps him out of the roster or lineup, I should say. Yeah. That's just, kind of part of the reason why he isn't playing is because Martin Sezik's clutterbuck just is like they could play their shift with their eyes closed and still know what they're doing. Exactly. So if there's any slip up of that this year, oh baby, Rasta boss is going to get his spas. I'm trying to rhyme more words and it didn't work. I'm not a rapper, by the way. I figured that. (laughs) Uh, So, but Look, they're going to have to start grooming him for that role next for next year. Because you have, do you think that they bring back Matt Martin? I don't know if he wants to take a discount. Like if he wants a, I don't know, two year deal at like one million dollars per year, then I think he comes back. That that even makes less sense. But you're you're right. Obviously, if if that's what he's okay with, that they might do it. But it even makes less sense because then you literally have a guy making the exact same money already there. Why would you do that? But just, you're, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it just it just compounds the mind. Oh no, certainly. I'm I don't disagree with you there, but I think they really like Matt Martin and they the do. team really likes Matt Martin. Yeah, he he's a great guy, great ambassador, fits in perfectly for the uh, community and the type of team that pardon me, whiskey makes me burp, uh trying to build. Uh so it it works r- well uh until it doesn't. And so we'll see if that that continues this year. All right. So do you want to start getting into like expectations and stuff like that for certain players and stuff? Okay, sure. Yeah. Well, sorry. I asked okay as if like I didn't think that we were going to do this. Yes. All right. Um, I don't know what to do. We want to go through player by player or just certain expectations that we have for various players. Just certain expect. I'm not saying player by player, just like certain expectations along the way. Okay. Uh, where do you want to go? Forward, defense, or goaltending? I think we'll start forwards because we kind of worked our way up through that. So a couple of guys we mentioned. We don't have to get in specific with point totals and stuff like that because I want to save that for the bold predictions. But just as the overall, like, in the previewing. So we mentioned Jordan Eberle and Anders Lee, two guys who had down years this past year. 
I guess what do they have to do for you in order for you to say, okay, it was worthwhile, A, worthwhile bringing them back, and B, that they had a solid year? So it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to production, right, and production level for the two of them. Um, bringing them back, being worthwhile. Uh, Lee had a good year. It, it wasn't great. Uh, he didn't score 40 goals, but he still put up, what, 50-some-odd points last year? Let me bring it up here. Oh, I, stupid typos. I think 52. I believe you're correct. Let me just bring it up to make sure. 51 points, 20 goals, 23 assists. Okay, That's the highest in terms of assists in his career. So I, I'm okay if he puts up the same numbers. I, I'm okay with that because he had impacts elsewhere. He was a captain for the first year. He led the team. They won. That's what matters. Uh, he kept them as a cohesive and happy unit. That's what matters. That's what a captain is supposed to do. Uh, more on captains in the social segment mm. um, that I want to talk about. Uh, but yeah, I think that that'll be the success rate for me is if he can continue doing what he did last year and keep him a cohesive unit while while getting production. Okay. So for Eberly, I agree with that to an extent. I would say I want a little bit more goals. Like I don't, if he was, I think if he's under 30, I'm starting to say, and then I'm starting okay. to get fussy. I'm starting to get fussy if he's under 30 goals. All right. He's only scored more than 30 once. Anders Lee? Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about Jordan Everly. No, 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 no. Okay, I thought you started off by saying Jordan Eberle. I might have done. That was bad cop podcasting on my part. I was trying to wrap up my thought on Anders Lee before getting to Jordan Eberle. I think I talked it backwards. Sorry. Yes. Okay, agree with you. All right. Now Jordan Eberle. Now Jordan Eberle. For me, I need to see more production, like goals and assists, because he has to be someone who is giving you 50-plus points and a lot more goals than he did last year. Yeah. Oh, what did he score last year? 19. 19 goals. Eesh. That's fine for someone like Bo, but not for someone who's supposed to be your top line right winger. Eesh. And especially playing with Matt Barzell. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm looking for that 59 point season again. 59 plus. Right? Like the, the, the relationship that they had together and the way that they were able to uh, play off of each other in 2017, 2018, I want to see that again. I want to see a Jordan Eberle, Matthew Barzal duo just taking over the world. Uh, that's what I want to see. Do you think they keep that Anders Lee, uh, Jordan Eberle, and Matt Barzal line together for the entirety of the year, or do you think they no. shake it up? Uh, they they eventually shake it up. I'm sure that they're going to go through a lull at some point. Like in January, we'll say they're going to go through like a five-game lull and, and Trotz will try something. And he might just try something even if they're not going through a lull because you want to keep your guys fresh. You know, if you're going to stick to the same thing, I know defense is another thing. You you want that kind of routine and rote kind of mentality on, on, on the back end. But when it comes, that's why he named his top six in the last game of the preseason. Um, but when it comes to your forwards, you might want to switch it up a little bit. Just to keep the guys fresh, try something different, even if it's for like a couple of games, maybe even not even a couple of shifts. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely think that they're going to split those guys up at some point. And, and by they, I mean Lee's probably going to go to the second line with with Nelson for a bit. Okay, I could I could see that him yeah. going back with Nelson. There was some success there. Exactly. I also wanted to ask you about Casey Sezikis because that's someone who had a well, you know, over his head kind of year with 20 goals. What, I don't want, if it's going to spoil one of your later things, but what kind of production are you expecting out of Casey Sezikis this year? Similar, not in terms of goals, obviously, um, but he had what last year? Uh, Let me bring it a. 30 some odd points 33 that seems fair for Casey Zizekas like look over the last couple of years and he's been right around that range is he's going to score 20 goals probably not uh but you know 15 yeah he probably could he could probably get you 15 goals and make up the difference the loss of five goals in assists pick up another five helpers yeah that's possible 
Matt Martin is, is going to know when, when to go right into the slot and finish off plays. Same thing for Cal Clutterbuck. When Casey Zekas is behind the goal line, it's going to the front of the net, and it will get to the front of the net, get there. They just need someone there to finish, which I'm not so positive in Clutterbuck and Martin finishing. Well, they did it a few times last year, right? So I, I could see them being more uh, conscientious of that and trying to put themselves in that position. Again, like these are still good players. They're good enough to play in the NHL. I can imagine if they need to get to the slot, they'll find a way to get there. True. Uh, so, but do you think that? Like, what do you think with Casey Zegas? I don't think he hits 30 points. I think he's closer to 25. All right, that's fair. Like he he did tw- keep in mind he did twenty five three years ago in sixteen seventeen in fifty nine games played. Yes, Matt Martin wasn't there for that, right? No, it was so that, uh, it was uh, Kuhlman, I think. Yeah, divided by fifty nine times eighty two. That's a thirty five point pace. Better than he did last year. No, it is. It's just a matter of is he going to play all eighty two games. And there's a lot of factors in there. I'm banking on, he's probably not going to play 82 games. He probably is going to no. play closer to 70, I would think. Yeah, he hasn't played a, a full season. Like, he's literally never played 82 games, but he's played 80 games twice. And the last time was in 15-16. So it's been a while since he's played a, a quote-unquote full season. How many did he play last year? 73. So not far off, right? That's what, like eight games? Yeah, I think he's Nine. right around there. Maybe a, a slightly less than 73. Yeah, I'm going to say in the high fair. 60s. You know, Tanner Fritz comes in for a little cameo appearance, give him some skate around, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, defense, what are what are some of your expectations there on, on the blue line? Uh, okay, so for me, I think Ryan Pulak has a big year, like production-wise. So we saw that he could be a number one defenseman. Now, this isn't spoiling any of my bold predictions, but I think this is something like he should be over 40 points next year and definitely double digit goals. Yeah, that that seems fair and easy to do considering the fact that the power play is going to be better. Right? He had 37 points last year if I'm not mistaken. Let me bring it up. I I don't know these I don't think it was I'm gonna, I think 34. He had 37, 9 goals, 28 assists last year. Uh with a plus 21. Well, lols. Um but power play points he had 9. Nine power play points, three goals on the power play with six assists. That's going to go up with the way that they're they're playing, it, and and how high or how many more he gets. That's where he's going to make up his difference, right? Because at five on five, he's got six goals and twenty two assists. That's pretty good. It's twenty nine points five on five. Uh, if you're looking for another five six goals or sorry points at at uh, at the power play, that seems reasonable. Yeah, it definitely does. And you would have to imagine that the Islanders power play is not going to be as bad as what it was last year. It'd be hard to look. I heard I not even heard a read an argument that it's all going up for the Ottawa. It can't go any anywhere further down for the Ottawa Senators this year. So if it can't go further down for them, then it can't go further down for the Islanders on the power play. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, somebody else that I want to keep an eye on, too, is Devontae's. Because I think he's going to be right there on that second pairing with uh, Scott Mayfield. And mm-hmm. a full year of Devontae's is going to be something really fun to watch. I think they rely on him a lot more as that lefty defenseman. I think Nick Letty's role decreases over time. Mm-hmm. I He had, what, just under 18 minutes of ice time, Devontae's? 17.54 on average, that's right. Okay, so I th- think that number is going to look a lot closer to 20 minutes. Yeah, you would think if he's on the second pair. My only issue is power play time. Okay. Um, he was running the first power play last year. Now, now Trotz isn't running uh, number one and number two power play. Whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. That's a great PR move, and that's classic coach speak, but there's always literally a first and a second power play unit. That's just the order of things. That's how it goes. The first one you put out there, guess what? That's power play unit number one. That's just yeah, what it is. Much, pretty much. <laughs> that, yeah. Now, does he mean like I'm going to go into a game it, it before power play like to think like I have a number one unit, number two unit? I might not have that written down. Well, you, you have to because let's say you start the game 25 seconds and you get a power play. Who do you put in? The, the guys that had 25 seconds worth of form? 
No, that's not how it works. You have a first unit that you will go to. You're not going to just take some random like grouping of players. Right. So I think that he gets less because he's not playing on that on that first power play unit. So is his impact going to be as much? Like he has, uh, he had 18 points last year, and he had four of those on the power play. Does that go down if he's playing less power play time? Probably. Yeah, you'd think so. So I know he's still playing PP two minutes, I believe, uh, with Ryan Pulak, but still, still, that's not if they're number two, then the number one unit goes out more usually. That's how it works. Yeah, no, usually that's exactly how it works. So I, I, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. I, I don't agree with that logic, but that's a story for another day, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so goalies, uh, do you share the uh, bold prediction that Arthur Staple put out for Simeon Varlamov playing 55 games? No, I don't think he plays that much. I, I don't know. Maybe it's entirely possible, right? 55 games. Like, what did Grice play last year? Uh, 40? I think Grice it, played 43 games last year. Yeah, so I don't I don't think Varlamo is going to play 55 because that means Grice is going to play less than 30. It's possible. It's entirely possible to do. I know. I'm just, I, I know it's possible, Mitch. I, I just, just don't said think I don't it's bold. It. I don't think that's a bold thing to say. Like, I don't know. Like, they're not going to do a 50-50 down the middle. The only reason Grice has this much is because Robin Leonard was injured for a bit. I think it's closer to the middle than you than you think it is. I don't. I I don't think so. I I think that it, it it's heads more towards Varlamov because Barry Trotz, like it or not, likes having one guy. He doesn't like the fact that the NHL is now a two, two two goalie system. He'll run with it if he has to, but he'll still play that one guy more because he would like to do that. That's just his natural thing. That's natural alignment. Yeah, it is. It is his natural alignment, and we're gonna have to. See what he does there. I think if I had to bet on it, I think he finishes in the high 40s in games played for Lamov. Sure. Okay. More than half is what you're saying. Yeah, more than half, but not 55. Not to the point where Grice is under 30 games. Where Grice is clearly, it's clearly a starter backup situation. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I think it ends up being that way. A clear starter backup situation. Okay. I'll get to a little bit more later on. As oh. to why I believe that. Okay, so I guess before we get into bold predictions and stuff like that, we should probably do how many points the Islanders are going to finish with if they make the playoffs where they finish in the Metro, stuff like that. I should have written this down the other day, but I didn't. And okay, so I, I remember I, I want to make sure I don't say that like something different than what I had. Okay, so I'll start as you rack your brain. I think I know it, but all right, go for it. All right, I think the Islanders are going to finish in fourth place in the Metropolitan Division. Is that a yep agreeing with me or yep? Believe, yes, yes. Okay. Yep agreeing with you. And I think they finished with 97 points this year. Okay. I think I was a little bit lower than you at 94 points. Correct. You had 94 points. Good old memory. <clears throat> so I have the Islanders making the playoffs as the first wild card team, which would have them face the Washington Capitals in the first round. In my way too early prediction, I don't think the Islanders advance out of the first round this year. I think they lose to whoever finishes first. Yeah. Um, but I don't necessarily think that's a lost year. Yes, you didn't go as far as you did the year before, but I think that's reasonable expectation for what this roster looks like and everything like that. I am right there with you. I think they could make it to the second round. I think Washington is a is not an easy opponent for them, but I think that's an opponent that they can beat sure. uh, within a seven-game series uh, re- reasonably well. I, I, I think they could not sweep it, but they could probably win that series in five games just on paper. Um, but I, I don't think they do it. Uh, and, and that's perfectly fine for, for this, where they are. Look, the Tampa Bay Lightning didn't get out of the first round last year. They didn't even win a game. Uh, and they were supposed to run away with the, the entire league. So let's let's hold our uh, the phone on, on the Islanders being Stanley Cup champions right now. Uh, I, I think they're, they're making progress. The fact that they make the playoffs in back-to-back years is good enough. Uh, if we can do that and say, like, we are a playoff team, great. We've now set the bar. We are a playoff team. Done. Now it's 
let's go further than that. We are a a playoff team that has expectations to a playoff team that is expected to win the cup. Right. It's growing on it from there. That's the next move. That's right. And that's where we bring in guys like Wallstrom and Koivula and blah, 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 blah. And maybe Hosang, maybe not. Exactly. But I think for me, that's pretty reasonable and fair expectation to go with um, 97 points, wildcard team and a playoff appearance. Yes. I'm right there with you. Just fewer points. Okay. So coming up next, what we're going to do is get into some patented over-unders. But first, a quick break. All right. So, Mitch, we are going to do a little over-under segment, which we love to do. So I have some over-under numbers for you. And we're going to start off with some more generic ones and then work our way over to some more Funny and entertaining ones, if that's fair. Yes. Okay, so let's start with my first one. Matthew Barzal, points, over, under, 79 and a half. Dog, I'll take the over. It's my mad dog, or not the mad dog, princess impression. Yeah. Got uh, wrong. I love that Mitch, the Canadian, makes the <laughs> New York Sports Talk radio reference. That's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, of course. Mar- Matthew Barcel gets over 79.5 points. I think, well, I won't get to it, but I, I will get to my bold prediction later. It's it's a pretty high number. Okay. Not super crazy high, but high. Okay. I will also take the over, and I don't want to get into too much detail because this is also on a bold prediction. Oh, we getting cagey. Okay, uh, next one. Okay, next up. Jordan Eberle over under 24.5 goals. Over. Hit me up. Boom. Dealer. Hit the over. Mitch, we are two for two. I am also hitting the over, but I'm not giving you a number because Bold Predictions is coming next. God damn, we're going to have the same Bold Predictions? <laughs> That'd be really funny if we did. <laughs> I published mine. Mine are published online, so we know who came with them up with them first, if anything. I basically, I read your article and just wrote all of yours down. I'm going to put them off as my own. That's That was my exact plan. Just took care of all the typos. Is that what you did? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, right. Uh, all right, third one. Okay. Noah Dobson over under 17 and a half minutes played per night. See, that's a tough one because I, I read Arthur Staples' piece and he's kind of like, nah, he's not going to play as much as I think he's going to play. I think he will. I really, there's there's no reason to play Johnny Boychuk unless you're, you're, you think that he's banged up or you could use a, he being Dobson is banged up. So you know what? Over. Slam the over. Way over. I agree. He's going to be over 18 minutes a night at the end of the year. Yes. Triple overs. I love it. Okay. Now we're going to get into the more fun stuff. Over under two and a half shorthanded goals from Casey Sezikis this year. Under. And then he does two. I'm going to say over with three. Nice. So he's really good at the penalty kill. He's really good on, on, on the shorthanded even. He's got two last year, and he had one the year before that. He gets a shorthanded goal a year at least. So there was that one against Toronto. Remember them? I do remember that. That was one of the more exciting ones. That was. So more than to come. <laughs> Hope so. Okay. Over under four and a half Leo Komarov third period penalties this year. <laughs> Um, under. Oh, you wimp. I'm going over. Give me the over. He's going to do at least six. <laughs> so we tried to get the number for this before spewing an, an actual, you know, over under, but we couldn't, I couldn't nail it down necessarily. It's going to take more time. I'll, I'll write something on it later to do the, uh, the, the veteran play penalty uh, minutes. I think we're going to have to manually keep track of his penalties this year. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but the NHL does a good job of it. It's just going through all their game reports to figure it out. Um, but yeah, definitely under. I think he's going to be a more disciplined player this year. Okay. And how about for Andrew Ladd? Over, under, 20 and a half games played this year. <sighs> under. See, I, I'm going to go with the over here. I'm going you think to o- he comes back soon or late? I think he comes back in December and plays about I think he's going to play in the 30s for games. So is that played. when they send down Tom Kunakel to the uh to the AHL? 
Yeah, I think either him or uh, Ross Johnston who's going to get sent down. I I don't see them, you know, sending down uh, Andrew Ladd or anything like that. No, no. He'll probably go for a conditioning stint like he did last year, but they don't have to send him through waivers for that. Exactly. Uh, I guess if you go down, you have to. Yeah, if you go down, you have to go through. Uh, I have one last one. Okay. How many snakes are thrown on the ice on November 13th when the Islanders play the Toronto Maple Leafs? What's the over-under? Oh, right. Uh, Three. Under. I don't think that many. I don't think so either. You shouldn't. I'm not saying that you should because I don't want people coming back to me saying that you're the one who caused all those snakes to fall on the ice. Um, But, you know, I I don't imagine he's going to have a warm welcome again. Uh, And I, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear that game. So I won't be going to that one. Yes, but in in order to hear that one is is definitely going to be uh, something that's going to be interesting and fun. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Okay, so now let's get to our five bold predictions, Mitch. Okay, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Do you want to start it? Yeah. Okay, so first one for me is uh, Matthew Barzal related, and it's how many points he's going to get this year. And I think he gets 90 points in 2019-2020. Okay. <laughs> My first one's also Matthew Barzell related. Okay. And I'm going to... My bold prediction is that he returns to being a point-per-game player. So I'll, I'll give a number. I'll say 84 points. Okay. So... Why are we so confident in saying, sorry, I hit, I hit the mic there. Why are we so confident in saying that he can do that, that he can hit those numbers, like a 90 or an 84 points? The preseason. And I know it's terrible to overreact to the preseason, but he just looked like that dominant force that he was in his rookie year. He showed flashes of it last year, but it wasn't consistent enough. That's why he only put up 62 points. Well, there was the postseason, right, where he scored a ton of points in the playoffs. Right. That's why I said he showed flashes and wasn't consistent with it. Right. But I mean, so because this will get get into my Jordan Eberle one, which we should probably do next. I think we both have a similar Mm -hmm. one there. Um, The way that he ended his season in terms of the playoffs and scoring, what was it, nine points in eight games? Or is it seven? I think it's seven. I think think we might be right. Uh, Let's just bring it up here. Um, you have that combined with the way he's playing the preseason. You're going, all right, well, that's the same player over two periods of time. Mm, that looks like a reasonable uh, sample size. So he scored seven points in eight games yeah, in the playoffs last year. Uh, that's It just looks like the, the a player that is now comfortable in his defensive responsibilities and comfortable enough to get back into his offensive capabilities. And he's showing that off. Yes, it's preseason, I know, but there, there's something to be taken from that, I think. Yeah, I would Yeah, I would tend to agree with you there. Okay. Uh, so, bold prediction number two is Jordan Eberle scores 30 goals. I had the same number. <laughs> I said he scores 30 goals, too. So, he's only done it once, right? In his second year in the NHL, he scored 30 goals, or 34 goals. He's never eclipsed a 30-goal mark before or after that. He did 28 and 25 twice. Um, the second time he had 25, he was traded the very next year for Ryan Strom. Lulz. Um, But I think he hits back to form, and, and it goes further back than, than Matthew Barzell. The last 11 games of, of Jordan Eberle's season last year, he was scoring at a .54 uh, goals per game rate. Goals per game. Uh, same thing in the playoffs. He, he scored an, an even you know, half, right? Because he scored four goals in eight games. And then in the preseason, he's got four goals in, or sorry, uh, was it four goals in four games? It was a lot of goals. I think it was four goals in four. Four goals in four games. So he's scoring a goal per game in the preseason. Again, it's the preseason. So dilute that if you want. Let's say it's half. All right. Well, that's exactly what he was doing in the playoffs. And he was doing it better in the last 11 games of his regular season. So if we combine all that together, the 11 games of his regular season last year, the eight games in the playoffs, we're now at 19, and the four games of the regular season, that's 23 games. That's a lot. No, it is. That's a ton of goals. And that's why I think, you know, him playing, the factor of him playing with Barzal and going back to form, I think he has a big time bounce back year. And obviously that's why I have him at 30 goals. Perfect. We both agree there. 
Okay. Uh, what is your third one? Okay, my third one is Varlamov related. Okay, uh, that's not my third one, but it's on my list. All right. Varl- you did copy my list, didn't you? I honestly, hands up. I had a busy day and didn't read your article, so I just thought okay. of it before we came on. So this is Perfect. just coincidence. Okay. Varlamov has a nine twenty save percentage this year. <laughs> Mine is nine twenty five. Okay. So it's higher. It's much higher. Uh, well, not much, but you know, a fifth of a percent, uh, five percentage points higher. So why why do you feel that comfortable? I feel like I have two hundred fifty words as to why I feel that way. Okay, so why I feel that comfortable is because Mitch Korn's system is setting up these goalies to perform well and perform to his strength. He's done it before. I don't think it's going to be like when he was a Vesna finalist in 2013-14. I don't know if it's going to be to that level, but I think he is going to be productive enough to the point where he's a reliable starter. And in today's league, that's a, a 9.20 save percentage. That is definitely 9.20, and my reasons are the same. Mitch Korn uh, and Barry Trotz together, you saw what they did with Thomas Grice and Robin Leonard last year. We've seen what they did with Braden Holpe. Before they showed up, Brayden Holby was an okay goalie, and they turned him into a Vezina goalie. Uh, it's not to say that they're going to immediately turn um, Simeon Varlamov into a Vezina candidate, but I really do. I really do think so. Like, there, there's no other way to look at this than he's going to be better than he was last year with a 909 save percentage. Yeah. Right? No, definitely. So, can he be the 916 save percentage goalie he was? Definitely. Like a career average 916, he can absolutely be that. No problems, no questions asked. Now it's can he be even better? And we saw what Thomas Grice and Robin Leonard did last year in the 930 and 927. So what I'm asking here, if or what I'm saying is he would be two percentage points less than the Islanders' essential backup goalie. Well, maybe not backup, but like starter. And five percentage points less than their backup. Yeah. I think that's capable. 100% capable. That's, I mean, when you have such a, you know, quality uh, goalie coach and a system in place, you don't need the most skilled goalie. You just have to have someone who can work well in that system. And, And let's be honest, he is a skilled goalie. He had a 920 save percentage just two years ago. If I'm not mistaken, let me make sure I don't make a stupid mistake here. Um, yeah, he was a 920-268 just in 2017 in 2018. 921-1450. 927-1314. 924-1011. Like, this guy's capable of doing that because he's shown it multiple times over his career. So, yeah, I don't think it's far. It's bold because he's going from 909 to 925 like that. But the guy's got the capability within him. So, we're asking or essentially saying that the Islanders can bring out the best in it out of Simeon Varlamov. Absolutely. I think that's fair. How about your fourth one? Noah Dobson figures in the Calder Trophy. And by figures, I mean he's in the top three for the Calder Trophy. Wow. Okay. Now that's like a first. That's a spicy one. That's pretty spicy. Look, not many defensemen have won it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Eckblad was the last one to do it in 14-15, and then it was Tyler Myers in 09-10, and then Barrett Jackman in 02-03. So in the seven, last 17 years, three guys have won it. They don't favor defensemen very well, but I think that Noah Dodds can have the type of impact that he can lead a four, that he can lead the rookie groups. He can at least be, I'm, guarantee, yeah, I'm guaranteeing that he's going to be the best rookie defenseman out there. Okay. And because of that, he will feature in the top three for the Calder. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but top three. Top three. All right. I like that. So my fourth one is that the Islanders' power play is going to be above average. And what I mean by that is... so if, More than 20%? Yeah. If 16th in the league is, we'll say that it's average, I think they're above that slightly. I think they're going to be like 14th or 15th in the league in power play. Okay, Which, All right. that's like a 22% or something. Right, so that's coming from the second worst in the league. So third, third worst. Okay, so 29th in the league up to 14. That's a 15-spot increase. That's a big jump. That's a big jump. Yeah, absolutely. That that makes it bold. and That makes it a spicy meatball because that's a big jump. But an average power play isn't too much to ask for. Like, that should be like... <laughs> 
please. But it is because we didn't get that or anywhere near that last year. So no. hopefully Jim Hiller can make that work. I certainly hope so. So what's and your last one? Mine and the last one here is that Joshua Sang asks for a trade. Okay. Because he's hashtag done. He has to be hashtag done with this situation. And I'm not saying that the Islanders shouldn't be themselves. They should be already trying to find a new place for him because um, it's just not working. We spoke about this earlier, but he's got to go like, guys, get me the hell out of here. It's not working. I need. I, I, I am an NHL caliber player. I believe in myself. I need to try something different because it's just not working here. Maybe it's just where we're not seeing eye to eye and we can't ever see eye to eye. That's fair. Let's figure this out because I don't want to sit in the AHL again. I can't do this. Yeah, uh, that wouldn't shock me if he got traded. It really wouldn't. I'm not saying he gets traded. I'm not saying he asks to get traded. Okay. Because I I think he does. Why not? But I think he goes for it and says, like, you got to move me. (laughs) Get me out of here, please. I can't live in Connecticut anymore. He talks to Lou only through gifts <laughs> or Instagram moments, I guess. I don't know. I'm not cool. Either or works fine. Perfect. There you go. Uh, Your number five. My is? number five is that Oliver Wallstrom comes up and plays in the second half. Okay. That's fair. Why, why do like who goes out to make him come to allow him to come up? Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to say that there's an injury to the middle six. And okay. he gets called up and plays on the second line. And they move. If it's not Beauvillier who gets hurt, they move Beauvillier down to the third line. So like Komarov has like a mild spring that they just nurse to make sure that he's perfectly healthy like they did with Andrew Ladd. And so they call him up on an emergency loan basis for like 20 games or whatever. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And then they just stick him in the top six and put, you know, Bo down there. Kind of like what happened with Devontae. So Devontae's got called up because there's an injury to the defense, and then he ended up playing well enough that he stuck around. Yeah, That's what I think happens with um, Oliver Wallstrom in some time around February, we'll say. Okay, that's fair. That makes sense. I can't wait for that to happen. I would love love for that to happen and for him to make the most of it. I think he's going to be great in the AHL. Man, the Bridgeport sound tag is going to look great. Holmstrom apparently was good enough to stick around until the very end is now down there. Uh, you got Bellows, Wallstrom, Wild is probably going to be there. Like, yeah, I'd God, imagine so. Talent galore there. No, there really is a ton of talent there. That should be on paper a very good AHL team. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so that's it on the bold predictions, correct? Yes. Don't have any more spicy ones. No. All right, so let's get into the quiz, Mitch. Quiz time. Boom. Quizmaster. All right, so as we all know, we are doing the Johan Sundstrom edition of the Eyes on Isles podcast. 2011 Islanders draft pick Johan Sundstrom. So I'm going to ask you, Matt, three questions. They're pretty much the same questions I ask every week because I think that make, makes it fun because they're, they're basic questions, but questions that you'll probably get wrong. Um, so first... What position did Johan Sundstrom play? Wing. What, what wing? Left. Okay, no, it didn't matter anyways. He didn't play wing. He oh. played center. <laughs> I wanted you to think you had it. Okay. You did. You fooled me. Uh, okay. Uh, number two. How many games did he play in the NHL? Obviously, he played some. This isn't a trick question where he played none. He's played in the NHL. Just how many? If you can get within five, I'll give you the point. Twelve. Oh, oh, 11. Good job. Yes, let's go. 11 games in the NHL. He played in the 2013-2014 season for the Islanders. Scored one point. Uh, Where is he playing now? He's still playing? I'll accept the... um, the league or the country? What's his last name again? Sundstrom. The Swiss League. <laughs> yes, he's playing for Frölunda, which was the team that the Islanders drafted him out of, uh, where he's played six games last year in 2019-2020, scoring three points. Pretty good return. So that's okay. it. You got uh, two, two out, out of three. three. Good job, buddy. All right. 
Uh, so more on him. They drafted him in the second round, 50th overall, just after Scott Mayfield uh, in the 2011 draft. Again, he took him a couple of years, but he went from Ferlunda. He played in Bridgeport, scored 32 points in 59 games in 2012, 2013. I guess good enough to get some NHL time. Uh, well, that didn't work out. He played more uh, in, in Bridgeport in 13-14, played another 40 games, 72 games the next year, and then was back into in, with the Swiss League after that. Okay. So, minor stay for him. I, I'm going to chalk that up as a win. Two out of three on that one, I'm pretty proud yeah. of myself for. Two out of three ain't mad. It ain't mad. Bad. God, Jesus. We just screw that up. All right. Coming up next, we are getting into the social segment. All right, Mitch, we are back with the social segment. What do you got on the old interwebs this week? Uh, well, first off, some guy out of Toronto was made the captain. That guy who shall remain nameless. Uh, uh, but what I want to bring up is the positive reactions to, to it. It's not the, the negative reactions that, that, that I saw that really kind of stuck out to me because there were plenty. But there were plenty of positive reactions saying, like, I saw some people saying, you know, he, he looks really happy here. So good on him. He's a good guy. I don't necessarily agree, but whatever. Um, he, he he deserves this. Good for him. I don't I don't care because I'm an Islanders fan, but just good. And it was positive. And you're going, hold on a second here. That's amazing. Good job, us. Okay, they're a better person. Said, I'm not going to take any credit for that because I was not positive. But to the positive people out there, good job by you. I was going to say they're a lot better person than I am because I did not have a good reaction. That just like seeing that him skate out with the C on the chest, that not going to lie, that irked me the wrong way. Did not like it. Didn't like it. They they obviously liked it. So, you know, it's making everyone in Toronto go nuts. Good for you guys. You're you're, you're getting your dues, I guess. Toronto's gone through hard times, I guess, in the past. But like, I don't care. It just sucks for us. Anyways, moving on. Yes. you have? So I wanted to talk about a couple of new podcasts that were being added. So Andrew Gross of Newsday is doing a podcast now. And Arthur Staple of The Athletic is doing a podcast with Mark Parrish. Some people like the idea of more podcasts. Some people don't. I just wanted to jump in and throw my two cents in the mix and say that I think the more coverage that this team gets the better. So I am all for more content for Islanders fans to consume. I don't care if it's technically competition with us. It it doesn't matter to me. I just want to I want us to do our thing, them to do their thing, and the more voices that are talking about the New York Islanders on a regular basis, the better. Yes, absolutely. And yes, yes, it's technically competition for us. But it's also not when you think about it because if you put more more voices out there and you're drawing more attention to this product, look, the Islanders are, have not reached saturation here. They have not saturated the market in terms of getting all the fans that you could possibly get. Just look at their, their Facebook numbers. They have 303,000 likes on Facebook. Look at any other NHL team and it's close to the million. So they, they, they can bump up. So there are more ears. There's more ears that can get out of there, uh, out here and there's more eyeballs. There's more money that can be poured into the team. This is only a good thing for the team and for the fan base itself because it means that there's enough attention out there for it to be viable for some of these bigger market guys who who are already busy enough to do something like this, right? Like Gross and and Staple and Parrish are busy enough as it is to dedicate the time to craft a podcast week after week. And I, I know that Gross, I believe it's once a week and Staple is twice a week. Like that, that yes, it seems relatively easy because you're just sitting in front of a mic and talking about something you already love. You still got to plan it out. So like, it still takes time. And the guys that are running and chasing after Lou or players or God knows what, like it's, it's a commitment. So I, I this is only a good thing for us is really what I want to get to. Agree. 100%. I, I love that. There's more podcasts and more stuff on the Islanders being put out there. I think it's a good thing. Yes. Do you have anything else? I've got one more thing. Yeah, I got one more thing. Okay. I want to give a birthday shout out to none other than the elite winger, Josh Bailey. It's his birthday nice. today. Happy 30th birthday, Josh Bailey. He's 30. My God. I, he was 29 just yesterday. It's unbelievable. He seems like he's been around forever. Right? Like he's part of the furniture now. Pretty much. He he has been one of the, He is the longest tenured Islander now, no? Yeah, absolutely. Think about that. Jesus. Um, my last thing is to give a shout out to the Islanders social team. There's a new social team that uh, has not been around, obviously. And they're, they're doing great, great work. Uh, again, some people aren't happy, I suppose, 
which is ridiculous. Stop complaining, everyone. I know. If, if you don't like it, that's fine. You can say like that content wasn't for me, but don't get mad that the content exists. No, I think that's the, exactly what we want. Agree. I think they're doing a fine job. I really like what they're doing. Uh, today, especially, they did this thing where if you tweeted your name to the account, they would make like a Islanders wallpaper for you. Mm, like that's nice. dope. And I thought that was a really cool idea. Yeah, and it's it's just, even if you don't care for the idea, you know what? Someone will, and that's great because it's getting more eyes, more ears, more attention to this franchise that desperately needs it. Perfect. That's exactly what we need. It's a soft investment for the for the the organization, but it's one that will reap countless rewards for them, I believe. Absolutely. So, with that, I just want to get some plugs in here before we wrap up the season preview. So, if you are interested, starting on Friday, there will be a post-game show for each and every New York Islanders game this season. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash eyes on aisles and subscribe for $5 a month. You get a post-game show, you get a weekly mailbag, and you get a newsletter. A lot of extra content for just $5 a month. Definitely worth it. You can also follow along with us on social media at eyes on aisles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY and Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You could like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You could download our app, which is available for iPhone and Android, or you could follow along on our website, eyes on aisles.com for all your New York Islanders news. Mitch, we finally made it. Hockey is back. We're doing the damn thing. Let's go. Let's do this hockey. That'll do it for episode number 111. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.